Hi, I'm Dan Schinder. And I'm Steven Schinder. And this is a Yes Shift News Desk Report. And as we're recording this here on October 29th, 2021, there's a few things that have happened, I guess, like in the past week, right, Steve? Um, I mean, last time we did one of these was two weeks ago, so we're kind of catching up a bit. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, and it's all still topical, (laughs) and I think it's topical because it's not like news about an event that was going to happen that already happened. It's, It's news that we're putting all in one place for you to find in case you didn't see it in all the scattered places where we found it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, like we have book stuff to talk about that we noticed, and I'll be talking about the Quest Blu-ray art book that I got in the mail recently. Um, and we yeah. also got some stuff about Steve Howe. He did an interview, some Rick Wakeman updates. Bill Bruford some- celebrating he- something, an anniversary of something. Yeah, and uh, like we got some like an archival release, I guess, involving Oliver Wakeman and Trevor Horn's doing some stuff. Trevor Horn's going to be on something. Um, (laughs) And there's something with Roger Dean and yes, on Family Guy. What's this? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. You sent me that. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. This stuff pops up in the weirdest places of pop culture from your local grocery store to family freaking guy. What's up with that? Yeah. And, and and we won't, Oh, I almost did a spoiler. I almost said what song instead of the song everyone would think it would be, but I'll (laughs) save it. She save it. I'll save it. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll save it. Uh, Okay. I'll be the thing at the end, but yeah. yeah. So, okay. I'm going to spoil it. It's actually a Francis Monkman song. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's not. It's not. Right. Yeah. So, uh, we'll go ahead and start with. Um, so, we got a couple of shout outs from the band Lobate Scarps Facebook page. Uh, they shared a, they sh- bleh, shared a couple of our recent episodes. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, we mentioned them on one of them, and uh, they shared the John Anderson one on or around his birthday. Uh, so uh, on that particular one, they're like, happy birthday to John Anderson. We are honored to be sharing the ROS Fest stage with him and the Paul Green Rock Academy on Saturday, April 16th, 2022. Now, this refers to the Rites of Spring Music Festival, which will take place in Sarasota, Florida, um, April 15th to 17th next year. Um, Have you ever heard of this festival, Dad? No, I I mean, it sounds familiar, but I'm not familiar with it, if that makes sense. I don't know what goes on there. Um, it's, It's kind of foreign to me, so I'm curious now that we know, well, some sort of hint of what kind of music is there but then again we shouldn't assume because there's all kinds of festivals in fact someone messaged me today a graphic it was a photo of an old concert poster the headliner was boston and then it had black sabbath van halen <laughs> and sammy hagar like what like yeah, all that, that makes that's sense. like going from here to there it's it, like zigzagging <laughs> yeah exactly and i could see van halen and sammy hagar because sammy hagar was out of montrose at that point Van Halen was new and fresh. Boston was the big thing, but Black Sabbath, it was like, what the fuck? So yeah, you never know. I don't want to assume, but it sounds like an interesting festival. If anyone knows, 
go ahead and comment, send us a link, educate us. Yeah, uh, they have some of their performers listed, uh, like Robert Berry is one of them, and some other ones I haven't heard of, like Arc Iris, the Tea Club, um, Pattern Seeking Animals. So you can find all that on rosfest.org. But another thing is that uh, on the Rides of Spring uh, Festival's uh, Facebook page, they shared a video about John and the Paul Green Rock Academy uh, performing in April, and it was set to Heart of the Sunrise. So It's really cool. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, so that was cool. So and I have a question about that. I want to yeah. bring something up out of sort of this, the, the notes we have. Sure. Okay, so it's regarding John Anderson with the Paul Green Rock Academy. And I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just throwing this out there to everybody and to you, Steve. Does anyone think if you've seen, and only answer if you've seen the videos of John with Paul Green Rock Academy, because there's a lot of stuff that is like, wow. So my question is, do you think that's sort of an F you from John to yes saying, okay, no problem. I'll just get these kids. And then they're just like blowing it out of the water. Do you think um, there's any of that in there? Not that, that he's not would, being authentic by playing with the youth and all that, but. I would say absolutely not because okay. he, he was already performing with like, with like, um, that other one the paul green uh, school of rock back before um, like during the hiatus from yes like uh, in the mid to late 2000s like he was already doing that kind of stuff so All right i just thought i'd throw it out there because <laughs> it's that good <laughs> it's that good where it's kind of like okay you know if it was a bunch of little kids just clanking around with a archie's metal tambourine and a toy piano i wouldn't say that but some of it's really good, like compellingly good. Yeah, like some of it sounds like on par. Others, other tracks that they've played uh, sounds like them. Like, for example, Leave It, like you can tell it's not actually Yes playing it. But if I were in that audience, I'd be like, oh, cool. They pulled out Leave It to play. This. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a deep uh, cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. and what, OK, just put yeah, it up. And, <laughs> and in one of the other shout outs from Lobate Scarp, uh, they, uh, in regards to one of our other episodes that they shared, they said, yes, we met our goal, um, referring to their Indiegogo campaign uh, regarding their second album, You Have It All. Uh, they said, yes, we met our goal. And because of that, Indiegogo still allows us to take pre-orders and perks are still available to for a month or so. We're hoping to meet $10,000 because we will then be able to produce the album on vinyl. We will then offer a new vinyl perk and also provide a special upgrade perk for those of you who want to change their CD perk to vinyl. Um, and as a reminder, Billy Sherwood and John Davison are on the title track of that upcoming album. So. Yeah, and we'll put their um, their perks link in the post. Yeah. And um, you, so here's what's interesting to me. I, I love the fact that a new band with new music wants to put something out on vinyl. It's not like a nostalgic thing like, you know, I see at Walmart, 
Dark Side of the Moon, Led Zeppelin One, Led Zeppelin Two, Peter Frampton Comes Alive, all that stuff, which is awesome. But this is different. This isn't something that let's bring it back on vinyl. It's like new music on vinyl. <laughs> what? Like I saw someone post. I don't think it was you. No, someone else posted this cassette tape and it was all grungy. And it said, uh, my son, yeah, so it wasn't you, because I think it said, my son found this in, in a river bed, dry riverbed and asked if it was from the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> and I commented, yes, it is. Um, but my, my <laughs> point is that vinyl goes so far back that for a new band to want to get in on that, I wonder if this is a sign of a trend. And I've been telling Enja, I want to get, let's get a record player. I got a whole cabinet of my old records from the 60s and 70s back there. We have a 1924 Victrola that works, as you know, but I dare not put my, those vinyls or new vinyl on that. The needles are made to read those records from like 1905 to 1930 or whatever. Um, but I just find this whole, that, that to me is a whole other indication of vinyl than the revival of old stuff. The fact that new stuff by new bands is looking to put on vinyl. It's like, well, what's going on there? Um, yeah. Uh, a guy I worked for years ago, Richard Call, who founded that streaming video company that I worked at, remember when I first moved to Vegas, he yeah. said, find out where people are going and get there first. So I'm wondering if uh, maybe there's some stock options available in the vinyl industry or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for bring back cassette tapes. <laughs> no eight tracks, though. No eight tracks. There's not enough room to right. put them yeah. anywhere. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, interesting and, stuff. Yeah, and speaking of John, uh, just a side note. Uh, you know, he always uploads. Well, not always, but quite often, um, on and off uh, on his official YouTube channel. He sometimes uploads videos like music videos set to a song that he's done himself on a solo thing or yeah. with yes. And this week, uh, he posted one for the song Elias build the Morglade. Um, and it's basically combines some of the art from the album with like this image of meditation from the looks of it. Um, Funny thing is, is I just, I said, I was going to listen to his whole catalog chronologically. And I just started that yesterday and heard that song and then boom, here it is. Yeah, yeah, you like, uh, you like uh, messaged me and we're like, yeah, starting to listen to that album, so. And I love the drunk R2-D2 in the beginning of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never made that connection. Um, but, but yeah, that's all cool. Um, and then uh, so yeah, October 25th was John's birthday, which we did an episode on, but it was also a significant day for Bill Bruford. Uh, you want to talk about this one, Dad? Yeah, this is cool. I saw this just fly by in my newsfeed on Facebook. This day in history, October 25th, 1994, the year Steve was born, a month before, <laughs> few, a week before you, right? Like two weeks, yeah, week and a half before you were born. Um, after a long yeah, like 12 days or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, after a long stay in Buenos Aires, Argentina, rehearsing and playing in the material, work starts on Thrack at Peter Gabriel's studio, Real World in the US. This is to be Bill's U UK. UK. So oh, sorry, thank you. UK. <laughs> uh, this is to be Bill's last studio album with King Crimson. And then Bill's quoted here as saying, 
the sound of the sextet, because Pat Masoletto played drums as well. Um, the sound of the sextet was a fabulously dense din, best heard to my mind on headphones so that some oral space can allow the detail to be revealed. He's so eloquent. I love yeah. it. No wonder he became a professor and no wonder he's a drummer. We drummers, Pat Mestolato and Bill, spent hours in the back of the bus on tour working out detail complex interlocking parts for the pieces such as Sex, Sleep, Ain't, Drink, Dream, Thrack, Baboom, the drummer's response to Vroom. And uh, this is from Bill Bruford's The Autobiography, page 166. If you folks, anybody has that book, give us a review or a rating in the comments. I am ashamed to say, I don't like it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, I haven't gotten it yet. I've got to order that. Yeah, like I've known about it since like- Since it came out. Yeah, yeah I feel like it came out in like 2009 or something around the time he retired. And it's like, why haven't I gotten it? What's wrong with me? That was 11, 12 years ago? Oh my God, I've got to get I think so, that. yeah. And I've got to get him on the show. Oh my, there's just so much to do. All right, go on, go on. Yeah, but he shared a few photos in that post as well. So yeah, yeah, that so yeah, cool anniversary. Um, and October twenty fifth also saw the release of the late Robbie Steinhardt's solo album, "Not in Kansas Anymore." What a great title, and what a shame that he passed before the release of that. That just breaks my heart. He was a monumental musician, and an icon in the development of not just prog rock of the 70s, but commercialized prog rock to a degree and a prog rock influence on American bands. There's a lot of things there that you can really credit him for as a musician and songwriter. I can't wait to get this. I've got to get this. Yeah, it, I got the digital album of this from Solar Music, uh, which you can find if, like, if you go to RobbieSteinhardtOfficial.com, you can find the link. Really How is it? You. It's really good. It's it sounds very like it has a lot of layers to it. It's supposed to be like a prog rock opera, and you got like an all star, like a stacked cast of musicians here like we we bring it up because patrick moraz is on the third track mother earth and his piano playing was really good um but you also got like lots of other people like ian anderson was on there and i was like oh, billy yeah, cobham yeah and bobby kimball as well liberty like, devito from billy joel's band i've got to talk to him about that and billy pat travers out of the woodwork Amazing Steve Morris, one of my favorite guitar players. Did I ever tell you about this quick Steve Morris story? When Enja and I saw him with Deep Purple like three years ago when I interviewed Ian again. The, the interviewer Ian's yelling at me on the couch because I pretended I was asleep. Right. <laughs> so backstage real quick, um, we're hanging out and, and Ian kind of pulls my wife and I away from where there's a bunch of people. Says, Let's go somewhere where it's more quiet. So we go in there and it's it's the three of us, um, Steve Morse and two guys talking to him, Roger Glover and um, Don Airy wanders in reading the newspaper. <laughs> 
And and so I, I I want to say hi to Steve. I met him years ago. He wouldn't have remembered, and that's fine. But I, you know, we're just talking, and Roger comes over, meets Anja, and I I wanted to say hi to Steve. So finally, this guy would not shut up, and I wanted to rescue Steve Morris at this point. <laughs> so I just jumped in. I just jumped in. I said, "Excuse me, I just want to say hi to Steve real quick." I said, and I held up my hand. I said, "Hey, Steve, Dan Schindler." He says, "Yeah, I know who you are." And I'm like, I'm sure he thinks I'm like Heisenberg from Breaking Bad or something. And he says, yeah, I watch you on Trump Talk TV. I said, oh, all right. Well, thank you. Great show. I was really surprised. It was cool. But nice. he's, yeah, he's another amazing American musician who's played all over the map. Prague in Dixie Dregs, Dregs, the stuff he's done with Deep Purple. What a lineup on this album. Yeah, Bobby Kimball, Sonny Ferguson, Billy Ashbaugh. Yeah, yeah, Just, it's gr great. And it has um, a couple Wizard of Oz references uh, in in the music oh. and in the album art as well. And yeah, it's just, y you know, between listening to like Robbie just sings so well on this and his playing is really good. So I I'm glad that this came out at all. And yeah, like between listening to this and uh, hearing Tom Brislin with Kansas and, and like he's on tour with them right now like between all that like everything in the universe is telling me that I need to like explore more of Kansas you know uh, the band not the state uh, just to be clear and no um, offense to people living <laughs> in Kansas or to Toto um not right. the band the puppy let me I want to look someone up because there's a name there that is like man this is so familiar who is this yeah, and Michael oh, Franklin okay. did a great job on the production here. Um, who did? Who produced it? Michael Franklin. Uh, oh, he's wow. also worked with John Anderson on stuff like 1,000 Hands. Yeah, Les Dudek. I could, for some reason, I was having a brain block with Les Dudek. Yeah, okay. he's with Steve Miller Band, Stevie Nicks, Cher, Boss Skaggs, The Allman Brothers. Very cool. Really amazing this is truly an all-star album. It really is. Yeah, it's really epic. Like, I highly recommend it to people. Cool. Ah, oh, I can't wait to get it now. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we have, yes, a visual biography. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah, what's with the question mark in the notes? Oh, because uh, I was kind of confused when I was looking up stuff about this because the Amazon listing said uh, it came out June 28th, but then I recently, like, we recently saw people like just receive it. So I was wondering if like the release date had changed or what. That but... never happens, <laughs> especially with yes. Right. <laughs> but, but in any case, um, I figured we just mention it uh, briefly. It, it cover it's by Martin Popoff. Uh, you can find info on it at martinpopoff.com. It's also available from Weimer Publishing and it covers the period from 1968 to 1981 includes text from his out of print book time and a word which came out five years ago apparently um and includes mm. like some like a bunch of photo like it's a coffee table book and it includes a bunch of photos um i guess some might be seldom seen um and so did, did you get it uh no i haven't gotten it but okay. yeah like I brought it up because like uh, someone emailed you about it and then we were like, oh, yeah. should we mention it? And it's like, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, oh, it, it like was, yeah, Rick Zaccaro. Yeah, 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 that's who it was. 
Um, I th it's $75 on Martin's website uh, in the US, least, I, I think. I or love stuff like that that has um, rarely seen or uncovered photos of in the studio, hanging out. Um, there's this one sec. Uh, yeah, that, that stuff is really cool. Like it gives you a visual of like, you know, you're in the moment with them seeing how everything looked when they're working on all that stuff. Yeah, there, there's, I've got several Led Zeppelin books in here. Oh, here oh, nice. it is. And, and Alan White is in this photo. So this is around, let's see if there's a date for this. Hold on. And I love stuff like that. I'm going to show it just because Alan's in it. 1978, so Tormato years, and it looks exactly like that. And um, Robert Plant has shorter hair. I don't know who a lot of these other people are, but this is in a Led Zeppelin book, and he's hanging out, sitting next to Rob. Are you able to see that? You see him? Uh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah, one, cool. one guy, you know how sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes folks, when you take a picture, right? And the flashes at the wrong time and your eyes are like half open. Look at this guy at the end of the couch. <laughs> oh, well, what's going on with him? I don't know. But there's Alan right there next to John Paul Jones between John Paul and Robert. Yeah, you, you want to describe the guy for people who are only oh, listening so, to this on audio. Yeah, so he's got bags under his eyes. He's looking at the guy next to him who's looking in a different direction. And this guy's eyes are half closed and half rolled up into his head. <laughs> like the brown acid is just starting to kick in or something. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It doesn't say, does it? I don't know which one of these footnotes are for that photo. Okay, but, but yeah, yeah, yes. I love stuff like that, so I want to get that book. Right, yeah, and like I said, it goes from pretty much the beginning of Yes to drama, and I'm guessing, like, up, up until that breakup in 81. I'm yeah, guessing. the end of the tour, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, yeah, and there's this other book we've also talked about before called Yes in the 80s. Right. Stephen Lamb with contributions from David Watkinson. And the release date for this was October 29th at, with today as we're recording this. And it still says that on the UK Amazon website. Oh. Ho however, uh, Burning Shed and Weimer Publishing's websites list November 12th as the release date. Um, and again, for the U.S., uh, we already knew this before, the U.S. release date, according to Amazon's U.S. site, is December 17th. So yeah. I'm curious about whether this got pushed back in the U.K. and maybe, well, the listings isn't updated. Like, I I'd be curious to hear from people who ordered it from the U.K. Amazon site and whether or not it arrives soon or if they say there's a delay or whatever. Like, I'm curious about that. But, yeah, yeah I, I wonder if it's the same type of book, but just focusing on the 80s, of course. Right, yeah, like it's it's paperback, it's not coffee table. Oh, um, okay. And yeah, and like you said before, it covers from drama pretty much up until the ABWH period. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that whole decade, so. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, between those two books, people will get like, 
pretty much 22, 23 years of Yes Info, I guess. So yeah, let us know what you think of those if you got either of those. Yeah. And then the review of the Quest Blu-ray art book, is that your review? And uh, Yeah, so- Okay, uh, give it to us. I, I, I saw the one picture. Yeah, oh, there uh, it is. <laughs> I'm real curious to see this. So I'm gonna be steving, I'm gonna be steving soon. I'm gonna be seeing Stephen soon. We're going on a trip together, and I want to see this. No soon, yeah. <laughs> You'll yeah, ride. So, yeah, so I got this in the mail about a week ago, uh, finally, uh, and I was surprised that it was finally. Yeah, <laughs> and I was surprised that it was this big. Like, okay, so maybe this is me being stupid and not reading the actual <laughs> listing, but. Like, because it said Blu-ray art book, I was imagining that it was the size of, like, a, a normal Blu-ray case. So like, yeah. Me too. Size. Me too. That's um, funny. But, but, yeah, it's a hardcover. It, it feels kind of like a storybook type of thing. Um, and if you look on the inside of the cover, um, it's, got, it's got two CDs and the Blu-ray disc. Um, now the That's Blu-ray... Cool. Yeah, now the Blu-ray disc, um, well, I'll go into that in a bit, but. And I have a, what I was looking for just now, I have a Led Zeppelin book that is the size of a CD case. So that's why I thought that too. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's got these, like the lyrics and this essay called The Story of the Quest by the, written by the Gottlieb brothers who do all this photography. There's some really nice photos in this. Oh, um, cool. And show us one show us one one really cool okay. photo that yeah, may that um, maybe no one has seen unless they have this okay um let me know when you're holding it up I, now it's bugging me that i don't see this book okay um yeah I'll, I'll show these ones so we got alan white and jay Shellen in these photos oh wow does alan have a beard yeah oh wow um, and you see that john lennon thing in the background um yeah and as for the Blu-ray disc, so uh, when I put it on my PlayStation 3, I was not expecting it to have an actual, like, um, so, like, the menu is basically, like, the art for the quest, but it also has the six members, including Jay Shellen, like, surrounding the, like, the band name and title. And for each track, it shows a different part of the quest artwork. And on the Blu-ray audio there's like four different options there's 96 over 24 stereo master audio 5.1 dts hd master audio 5.1 48 over 24 5.1 lpcm and instrumental mixes uh, in parentheses 48 over 24 stereo lpcm um huh, i'm kind of surprised they didn't include octophonic oral spaciousism Oh, see, I know nothing about this stuff. So <laughs> I just I, made I, all I that totally, shit up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, these are different, uh, really cool audio settings for theater and, and everything. They covered all the bases. This is great. Yeah. So it, maybe it's more noticeable for people with bigger setups than I have. Yeah. Um, I, I did notice that on the DTS HD and on the 48 over 24 like at the end of the ice bridge you can hear ice shattering oh wow yeah that that's like the main difference i hear um 
And for the instrumental mixes, uh, pretty self-explanatory. It's just everything without the vocals. I actually listened to that one first with a Blu-ray. And like I was trying to sing along uh, to the instrumental stuff. The neighbors complained? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, they didn't. But man, I'll just say this. It's a good thing that I'm not singing for Yes, because I, I didn't know the, the songs as well as I thought I did. Like I have the lyrics, but I would miss... <laughs> the the cues for like when you're supposed to come in and sing certain passages of it so i'd like sing a part and be like okay god wait for this instrumental stuff uh, oh wait i missed a part and like speed through yeah karaoke is not as easy <laughs> as it looks yeah like it doesn't have the lyrics on the screen so um i guess that's a thing that would have been nice but yeah, I was I wasn't expecting this sort of visual for the Blu-ray. Like I, I guess I was just expecting like it would be like when you put a CD in a computer and it's just like I don't know, it's like blank or maybe you'll have yeah. like a, you know that thing. So this was kind of surprising to me. Stephen and I playing like, Yesioki. <laughs> yeah, but it really goes to show you that the vocals really are another layer that really add to it. That's um, cool. Yeah, and looking through the, so on the pages that have the lyrics, uh, there are these like Roger Dean little sketches. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, um, I don't know how good it looks on that, but based on your reaction, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. Yeah, and one thing that I kind of learned while looking at the song credits uh, was that pretty much each member is associated with a different publishing company yeah um which in hindsight is like well duh like <laughs> yeah but, yeah that was like a little reminder um i was kind of surprised that like i don't know if it if people noticed it too late like i don't know if these were manufactured already and if it was too late but francis monkman's name is not under the ice bridge in this book uh, I know it's listed on the YouTube video. Uh, I'd be curious to hear whether it's included in the normal CD version. Um, I'm thinking these were likely, if not printed already, the artwork was already finalized and it would have been, for whatever reasons, too much to go back and adjust that. Yeah, And maybe, there could be many um, reasons for that. No, yeah, I don't I, think they're I, dissing him or anything. Right. Like, I'm sure he's being compensated because they've addressed it. But um, they definitely would not have been able to include info about that little controversy just because uh, I think the, it would have ruined the layout of the essays a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the place where it looks like a circle. Okay, yeah. It's like a circular quote thing. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, yes. folks listening to the audio, it might be worth checking out the video of this episode on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yes. Shift. Yeah, th there is a moment where um, Steve is talking about the music in the interviews, including this essay. And he's like, this is all, he says something to the effect of all of this stuff was written uh, 2019 to 2020, I think. And then like in my head, I'm like thinking, uh, well, I guess he didn't know about the ice bridge thing yet. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it, one another thing that was, it kind of clarifies uh, which songs the orchestra is on. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so Dare to Know and Minus the Man, we already knew that. Um, and also on Leave, uh, 
what's that song called i always butcher that song name oh leave it leave <laughs> leave well alone yeah um, yeah i was yeah i was kind of surprised that there's no orchestra on the ice bridge because i could have sworn there was like a quote on yes world that mentioned it but so i, I, don't, know. I don't know i know you haven't had it that long i don't know how far you've dug into it but is there any mention of chris and is there any mention that that pseudo rock formation on the cover could be chris and is there any song that might be about chris or stanza phrase anything i'm from what i remember i'm pretty sure they do mention chris they do they do not mention the rock formation or any of the songs being about chris okay um but they do talk about some of the song meanings like for example you know we were wondering what yes sleeping sister soul was like who that was about right what's the deal yeah john davison said it's pretty much an amalgam of you know those different types of people who we know in life and they burn too fast so mm. uh, so maybe it's not just one specific person in mind um and for uh for a living island uh that was him and uh emily lodge like apparently he's in a relationship with emily lodge who is john lodge's daughter and manager like that was something i didn't know before um, i'm having a senior moment who's john lodge again oh <laughs> from moody blues yeah 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 um yeah. and he performed on the royal affair tour right john davidson guested with interesting with yeah yeah so yeah that, that's interesting um yeah and cool. there's Sounds like, like this product yeah, it, it's a real good essay. Um, and, you know, Steve says really nice things about Billy and uh, Jay Shellen has some quotes in there as well. Uh, weirdly, the the credits don't say, like next to each of the songs, it says who played what, but it doesn't have Jay Shellen's name or say what he played, which is kind of weird given that he's part of like the lineup on the blu-ray menus like he's pretty much yeah. an official member from the looks of it that's um, interesting yeah i wonder what's up with that maybe they couldn't remember <laughs> yeah i don't know but it, it's still good to see him in this book in some capacity and on the blu-ray um yeah but yeah so that this like really went up above what i was expecting like i i would Excuse say me. that i i would love to collect future albums in this format now like if oh if, yeah yeah it's almost like a biography of the album yeah like i don't like i don't know if other bands do this as well but it, i mean if they do like this is the format i want to get like it's as big as a vinyl uh, but it's playable for me like with cd and the blu-ray um, that's cool and the essay is really good like yeah i i, I love this it's definitely was worth a buy um how much was it i think it was 60 dollars or so that's cool yeah yeah um, i would pay that yeah and speaking of uh, moving on speaking of john davison just real quick um i think it was yesterday uh john lodge uh on youtube there was a video promo um showing him singing ride my seesaw from this upcoming 
uh, release of the Royal Affair and After. Um, and of course, including John Davison guesting, adding vocal harmonies. And the video looks pretty cool. Like it's, it shows the live performance, but with the Starfield uh, crossfading against it. Uh, I'm curious about whether that would be on an actual DVD release or if that's hmm. just added for the YouTube video. Um, but question. it looks like the whole song and yeah, it's pretty good. People can check that out. Like it's cool. pretty easy to find. Um, so Wait, yeah. Stuff. And moving on with the quest related stuff. Yeah. Steve Howe mm -hmm. was interviewed for ultimate classic rock. Uh, and he shared it on his Facebook page on the 20th. Uh, this article is titled Yes, is Steve Howe on the quest and recording without Chris Squire. Uh, so he talks about obviously the quest, but he also talks about some of the difficulties with magnification and heaven and earth. It's really worth the read. Um, but I pulled out this quote um, about the quest that I thought was worth reading. Uh, so, uh, Dad, did you want to read the first part or did you want me to yeah. read the first part? Okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read the first part. Um, so Steve says, uh, I don't really think Chris ever went away from us. It's not like he passed away and we forgot about him. We couldn't. We wouldn't. We would never want to. Mm -hmm. The quest has only been possible because of the incredible teamwork that we did since Billy joined and also before then in preparation with keyboardist Jeff Downs coming in. We didn't over discuss it. We just knew we were doing something that we hoped Chris would have liked. In our wildest fantasy, we'd send Chris a copy and he'd say, fuck me, you did a pretty good job. <laughs> that would be a really great payoff, but that's not possible. But I think Billy is the one person, ABWH had Tony Levin, who is a fantastic bass player and it taught us a lot, lot of things working with him. Billy has been in Chris's shoes and he admires Chris so much. He's such a Chris fan. We couldn't be at soundcheck. And if I play a line from a song we don't play, suddenly Billy's playing with me. He's such a wealth of knowledge about Chris's playing. And I think that's what our fans have come to realize. Billy's not some kind of stand-in stooge. And then says it, Steve laughs. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he continues, he's a guy who's dedicated most of his career to playing in that style. His love of yes is notorious, and he's been in the band before in what I call the pre-slash-post-millennium days. It's very interesting. As we got more and more tracks ready for the quest, we were holding them back a bit, and then we started sending them to Billy to get his input on them. In a way, I think Billy subconsciously had the idea of if I do it like this, when Alan does the drums, uh, it'll be like this. Some amazing arrangement ideas came from after John, Jeff, and I had played. Billy added the bass and the drums went on and they accentuated and punctuated Billy's playing so much that it was like a tribute to Chris, like Sister Sleeping Soul. The way he played that is a great example of how he's learned from Chris what Chris might have played the way he sits out of certain beats. Much of it is intuitive with Billy because of his love for Yes, and in particular, Chris. So, That's great. It's great to read that from Steve Howe, you know? 
That's yeah, really cool. Because we kind of think back to the open your eyes days and how Steve kind of wasn't completely happy with that album. And so I, like some people would think, oh, like may Steve and Billy maybe don't mix, but like, it's like, clearly they work really well, like in this era. And it's great to see yeah. that they work really well carrying on the Yes legacy. Yeah. And the I'll say it again, the leap from, and I love open your eyes. I don't, I don't pull any punches. I love open your eyes, but the leap from open your eyes to the ladder is, is a big leap. And Billy even plays lead guitar on one of the songs and rhythm guitar on the rest and a lot of vocals um, certainly had a place there. So it is neat to see what's happening now. Uh, for some people, it's not yes. And for some people, if it's not the relayer lineup, it's not some, yes. So some, some people don't understand how lucky That's they right. are. <laughs> yeah, check out Inventioning, uh, everyone. By John um, Anderson, yep. Yeah, yeah, they got John Oliver and Jean-Luc on that single. And then it's um, funny, we have some uh, Rick Wakeman interview and tour dates. I just today saw that on my calendar, I still had Rick Wakeman on the 9th. I was making an appointment with someone and I thought, oh no, that's right, I'm supposed to put it <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, they postponed the dates. So I think this is not happening. Like yeah. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, so we have a quote from an interview and then some tour stuff regarding Rick. So on the 18th, he did an interview on Quinn and Kentara morning show, PYX 106. Um, so uh, he was asked whether there are two yeses and he joked, I think there are about six at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and and when he asked about being involved with Yes, uh, Rick said that ARW had fun touring. And then he said, and I quote, if there's any more, I don't know. I've not been told anything at the moment. And Steve Howe and Alan White, Steve, who basically runs the official Yes, as it's called, you know, as long as a band, whoever it might be, is out there playing Yes music and people want to go out and see them and are happy, then I don't see anything wrong with that, really. I mean, there are so many bands that obviously don't have any original members anymore because either people have passed on or are not capable of playing anymore. That's gonna happen. You're gonna be hard pressed to find bands from the 70s where all the original members are alive and still playing. So it's pretty much the same thing he said in that prog report article um yeah and like he's sticking to it like it, it was one thing for me like reading it and being like huh but like i kind of need to hear him say this and it's like yeah hearing him say it like that's like he's sticking to it like that's his current stance on the yes situation i guess yeah that's funny because uh while yes has never had the same lineup for two albums for more than two albums in a row Rick has never told the same story the same way two times in a <laughs> row. So this is different. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, he's doing his, uh, you know, grumpy man. Uh, grumpier, even grumpier yeah. old rock star touring. <laughs> yeah, he's doing that. And he's posted a couple YouTube videos. Um, they're pretty funny. Oh, I uh, guess. Like, like during the tour, like one of them, he goes into this room in a hotel, I think, where it says library. And the first thing he says is like some magazines. <laughs> and yeah, and there's also um, 
He also posted a video about the Caped Crusader Collectors Club. Um, and he talked about the postponed tour dates, uh, which people can find out more about on rwcc.com. So shows that have been postponed will happen in February and March. Unfortunately, the November 6th Wichita show was canceled and uh, unfortunately cannot be rescheduled, but huh. refunds are available at the point of purchase for that. Don't know why? Yeah, I, I didn't find an explanation for that. Okay. But yeah, but there's also an announcement for something he'll be doing November 28th to December 21st in the UK. I found out about this through laddersound.com. Uh, Rick announced the not quite as grumpy as last Xmas tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is the long delayed follow up to 2019's grumpy old Christmas tour. Um, and in a quote, he says, at last I can finally tour in the UK again. I can't tell you how much I've missed it. I'm almost looking forward to ringing the changes with the, oh, sorry. I'm also looking forward to ringing the changes with the addition of keyboards, which is a bit of a departure from my traditional piano shows, but will give me the opportunity to vary the set list. And hopefully I can put smiles on all our faces with stories of some of the ludicrous things that have happened in my career. After the last 18 months, I think we all deserve a laugh. Um, so yeah, if anyone goes to any of these Rick Wakeman shows, let us know how they are. I'm really curious. And um, also apparently after this Christmas tour, uh, he, he said in an interview with Arts Express uh, on the 26th uh, that after these tours, he plans to work on a musical with Tim Rice. Um, wow. Yeah, whom he worked on 1984 with. Uh, he's a lyricist, I believe. Um, so, yeah, um, Rick's very active and joking and just being himself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of Wakeman's, Wakeman, Wakeman's, <laughs> the Wakeman, uh, Clive Nolan and Oliver Wakeman with Dark Fables. <laughs> <laughs> Release date November 5th, coming right up. Uh, there's a standalone release, which originally the third CD from Clive Nolan, Oliver Wakeman's Tales by Gaslight box set. Um, Dark Fables contains over 30 minutes of music conceived for the abandoned Frankenstein album, which would have joined the duo's Jabberwocky and Hound of Baskerville's collaborations. I wonder why it was abandoned. Do you know anything about that? I'm not really sure. Interesting. Um, the set also includes pieces from their Hounds of Basker Baskerville's album, The Man Called Sherlock, which was the original version of the Overture, and 221B, inspired by Sherlock Holmes' famous address on Baker Street, of course. Clive Nolan, Pedragon Arena, and Oliver Wakeman. Pendragon. Yes. Uh, oh, pen. What did I say? He pen said Pendragon. Pen <laughs> I put the accent on the wrong syllable. And <laughs> Oliver Wakeman. I didn't know he played in the Straubs also. Really? 
Oh yeah, he. I think that was several years ago, um, or maybe it was in the two thousands. I can't remember if it was before or after. Yes, but oh, funny. Yeah, he taking after his father pretty much. Yeah, uh, first combined their considerable keyboard and compositional talents to create the two aforementioned rock opera concept albums in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand two. Man, that seems so long ago now. Ugh. Um, Peter Praku. Prakwinik, am I pronouncing his name right? Um, Prakwinik, Prakwinik, sorry, Peter, uh, was the creative behind the original The Hound of Baxterfield's artwork 20 years ago and has they've employed his talents again for the sleeve of dark fables. <laughs> Interesting, that sounds like a great project. I'm surprised it didn't come out like right before Halloween. Hello, marketing department. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So the listing for this, um, I saw on Cherry Red Records' website, and they, they've done a lot of releases uh, related to Yes members, like we've talked before on the show. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to listen to this. Like Oliver Wakeman is very talented, and I want to listen to more of the stuff that he's done. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Clive Nolan, I'm not familiar with, but hey, it was, might be worth a listen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, right. Next, we have another yes personality, family member. Yeah, um, us. Yeah, he looks like a million bucks. He looks great. There's a picture of uh, Trevor Horn in his masterclass sessions, a masterclass uh, at heath street baptist church homestead on november 4th in quotes have you ever wanted to know the ins and outs of creating of creating incredible music trevor on the 4th november an evening with trevor horn uh, it'll be filled with the melodies and teachings from the man who created the 80s that's a huge statement that's great 50 plus tickets available right now he looks great wow yeah, th that's the number it showed me when I checked earlier today. So yeah, if you're in that area, see if you can get them and let us know how the masterclass is. Fuck that, film it, make a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this is great. <laughs> right. Um, and there's also another announcement on Trevor Horn's Facebook page that I saw. Uh, so it said Dire Straits Legacy Tour is back. Join Phil Palmer, Alan Clark, Mel Collins, myself, and a few surprise guests for a night of dancing, singing, and memory making. It'll definitely be a night you will never forget. Um, and you can find the, the tickets at dslegacy.com slash shows. Um, and yeah, so... Uh, I looked this up. Apparently, Trevor had guested with them a few years ago, and I guess this is just another one of those things. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he's produced anything for Dire Straits. Um, huh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it looks like he pretty much just guested uh, with them um, in 2018. Um, so yeah, maybe they're good friends. Maybe, I don't know if people know this stuff better than we do, just like write us in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't claim to know everything. We're just reporting a bunch of stuff we find and 
you are more than welcome to elaborate on stuff if there's more info that we haven't touched on for anything, whether it's the Yes Shift News Desk episodes or the regular Yes Shift episodes. Please comment, be part of this. Yeah, but on to the other Trevor. Yeah, so geez, it just keeps coming. Look at this lineup. <laughs> oh my God, I'll read the lineup. You read everything before that. Okay, so uh, Trevor Rabin is one of the featured guests on Outlander's upcoming debut album, uh, which will be coming out November 26th. And you can find uh, info on this at ear-music.net slash Outlanders. And uh, there's this quote from Louder Sound, which includes um, a, a little bit of the story. Uh, do you want to read that part? Yeah, the Finnish singer... Am I pronouncing it right? Tarja? I believe so. Um, has teamed up with some of the finest guitarists in the prog world for her brand new project, Outliners, who will release their debut single, Closer to the Sky, through Ear Music on November 26th. This is another amazing, amazing star-studded lineup. Marillion, Steve Rothery, Trevor Rabin, Al Damiola, one of the absolute greatest ever. Mike Oldfield, prog pioneer. Ron Bumblefoot, Thal. Uh, Vernon Reed of Living Color. Oh, my God. Marty Friedman are just some of the six-string wizards that Tarja has uh, and collaborator, EDM pioneer, Torsten Stenzel, who recently co-produced Mike Oldfield's Tubular Beats, have worked with. This, this lineup is just amazing. This, you know... Enja and I, my wife Enja and I always talk about how there's never going to be music like the old music, you know, from the 60s, the 70s and, and whatnot. And I know everyone's got a different perspective. We're older, we're senior citizens, but to see something, a lineup like this in the year 2021 makes me want to buy some new music. And some of the other stuff we talked about on the last episode for John Anderson's birthday and you know, just some other yeah, and, really great new bands. And the stuff right? we mentioned, yeah, and the stuff we mentioned that Michael Sherwood did, like that yeah. stuff was really good. Yeah, absolutely. And this project with with Oliver, I mean, just really some neat stuff. I'm really digging on that. But uh, then it says um, the idea behind Outlanders was to create something exciting and new. Outlanders combined chilled but exciting electronic beat with Targe's emotional classically trained vocal skills and unique guitar performances. These three elements are constant in all the songs and are equally important. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, that's what I love about these like news things is we find out that a certain yes member is on some upcoming thing and it gives us incentive to check out something new that we might not have heard about otherwise. You never know what ship one of your favorite barnacles will be latched onto. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and it's good to see that Trevor Rapin is doing more stuff. Um, yeah. Because, like, I think when he was doing ARW, the film score stuff took the backseat. So, yeah. like, it's nice to see him on other things now. Definitely. Very cool. And then we got some Roger Dean news. Roger Dean featured in the Chambers Project One Step Further. 
the Chambers Project opening one step further, opening at 5 p.m. local time, November 12, 2021. It's 627 East Main Street, Grass Valley, California. Area code 95945, USA. <laughs> That's a beautiful area of California, actually. Uh, so Roger says, in addition to my annual exhibition at Trading Boundaries, I have a couple of paintings and some prints at Brian Chambers' amazing new gallery where he is opening with a joint show with some incredible artists. Uh, see his poster. And some <laughs> incredible and rare works of art, such as Rick Griffin's. R Rick was one of the most original and influential of the psychedelic artists. I remember his artwork when I was a kid. Uh, the hip kids like me had like book covers by him and Peter Max and stuff like that. Um, when Storm and I were working on the cover of the album of, of the first album cover album book, and I remember that, um, <laughs> it was a unanimous decision to put his um, Waxoma cover. Yeah, I'm not front, sure how that's pronounced. Yeah, and central. <laughs> Uh, this is before we went to the, to what's, this is before we went on to publish a book of Rick's work in 1980. I've never seen the original drawing of Rick's in the flesh. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what wonders Brian can conjure up. Sorry, folks. My mouth is at about 70% accuracy right now. I've been talking all day. Um, <laughs> Then it says, when I know about the paintings and the sculptures and the other artists who'll be showing, I will write again with pictures. Also, I'm hoping to show images of the new building. The two paintings of mine that will be exhibited are The Quest, the cover of the latest Yes album, and Inland Sea 2 with a possible third in Jade Sea. And then um, you've, you've got the artwork there. I've got to write down the time so I remember to look for this and cut it in on yeah. the video. Yeah, and he said, if I can navigate all the new travel issues, it is my plan to be there for the opening. Um, so yeah, Roger Dean's pretty busy and yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome stuff. I'd love to meet that guy. God, we're working to have some, I know we keep saying this, but we are working <laughs> to have some of the Yes family on our show. We know some of them personally and others we can reach out to. I'd love to have Roger Dean on, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Very cool. Um, so our, our little nightcap fun fact nugget that Steve found and said to, sent to me in Facebook messages, laughed when I saw this. So you say what it is without saying the song and then I'll say what song it isn't and we'll pause I'm curious what people might think it would be. And maybe that'll give them a moment to comment real quick when they hear it. I don't know, but you go for it. Breaking news. Okay, yeah. So last Sunday, there was a new episode of Family Guy uh, titled Brief Encounter. And so the way the episode ends um, is, I mean, it's, it's okay. So Family Guy is not for everyone. It, it can be a terrible show sometimes. <laughs> it, it can get really violent. Um, and offensive but at the end it's not for everyone but at the end of the episode uh they're sort of wrapping things up and then stewie the baby looks at brian the dog and he's like hey do you want to end the episode with a to be continued meme and brian's like uh I, I don't know what you mean and then 
Stewie takes out this rocket launcher and like Brian tries running away and then Stewie like fires the rocket launcher at him um, and then it freeze frame like while he's like blowing up and that's when you hear a yes song. And the song, I'll tell you what, it's not. I think most people would think roundabout. I'm sorry, most people would think I would have thought because of the circumstances, Arriving UFO, because of the name of the episode. But most people would have thought Owner of a Lonely Heart. But what song do you think it is, folks, if you didn't see it? <laughs> I accidentally said it. It's roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but no one knew that, though, till I just said that. But because of the name of the episode why didn't they use arriving ufo and with a rocket launcher like it fits what's up with that so they used alan white was the holdout so they went to the previous lineup like what happened there <laughs> so, so they used roundabout because this is a very or i guess it was a popular meme i, I don't know if it's still popular like family guy does this weird thing where they'll reference something in pop culture that was popular a few years ago like that I, they've even joked about it like poked fun at themselves about it but yeah so a few years ago people were making these uh video clips from like either real life or from tv shows and movies like adding roundabout and like to be continued and it originates from uh this thing that this anime called jojo's bizarre adventure did um now the creator of that show is a huge prog rock fan which is why there are some characters on there uh, and in the manga as well i suppose uh with names like tarkus and bruford and stuff like that oh wow and at the end of each episode like the song that plays during the end credits of each episode after the cliffhanger is roundabout um, oh yeah because i guess he really loves that song interesting i did not know that because i don't watch the show i know your cousins kyle and matthew i don't know if they still are but they were family guy freaks growing up and i'm i'm thinking like my sister lets them watch this shit they were like little kids <laughs> but hey it's something for everybody it's you know i know that it's funny i love stewie and the what's the dog's name sorry brian 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 yeah i love i love the two of them are my favorites they can have their own show yeah well yeah like there's some every once in a while they'll have an episode that mainly focuses on them like in my opinion the golden years of family guy if you can even call them that are far behind but every once in a while it'll they'll say or do something that makes me laugh out loud and this was one of those moments that like took me off guard like it was while i was sharing the like John Anderson episode and I just had it on in the background. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. They're referencing Jojo's bizarre adventure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Great. That's a pretty uh, fun filled news report. If I do say so myself, not on our part, but the part of all that news, so much prog news. Prague is alive and well, it seems. Yeah. Um, very cool stuff yeah and folks you can email us at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com let us know your takes on all these different things or any other 
news that you hear, whether it be yes or related to yes alumni or current members. Like we, we love hearing people's thoughts on all this stuff. Absolutely. And, we also take suggestions. Yeah. And you can find us at anchor.fm slash yes shift where you'll see all the podcast platforms are on. And uh, like dad mentioned earlier, facebook.com slash yes shift where you can find video versions of our episodes and you'll see like some nice visual things on some of them. So absolutely. Yeah, um, very fun, very packed news episode. Um, looking forward to seeing what we do next. Um, I guess that's where we do the to be continued meme, right? Just, just <laughs> ra roundabout against this. Cue the roundabout clip, yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody so much for following what we do. We appreciate it. Stay well and you'll hear, see more from us soon. Thanks. To be continued. <laughs> dang, 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 dang.